Get ready. It's time for Operation Late Night Excitement. Top rated late night radio. The awesomest night of all time. After dark. It's late night with Hancock and Kelly. You deserve a fun night. On King of OX. Hello there, John Hancock. Top of the evening. Good to be here. It's good to be back on The Voice of St. Louis with you, Michael. You're in town. That's yeah. uh, always a plus. I was on with you a week ago. And for one segment, and it was... How uh, was that segment? It was... Uh, it was... Uh, it was something. What we talk about. I. It was good. Was it? Yeah. But Jesky told me it was it was one of the better segments they've had on that Late right? Night with Hancock yeah. and Kelly. It yeah. made it to the HOF, the Hall of Fame. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure I was quite insightful for you. Yeah, buddy. Uh, you were down in Florida with your buddies, and it was we were playing nine golf. o'clock at night oh, in Florida. Nine and, o'clock. Uh, yeah, that tells well, you everything. Not, you need that to was know probably right the there. latest we'd been up that week. Because mm-hmm. you know, when you go, you get up in the morning, and you, we, well, we start off with a little jog, and then have a little breakfast, and then go to um, play golf. Oh, after after going to the gym, of course. Yeah, a little gym yeah. work. Yeah, have your little breakfast but, there. Protein important. Yeah, but here I am now with you, and uh, this weekend you and I spent some time on the snooker table. We did, Michael. It was, uh, you know, tough times out there. Really, that's uh, you're you're acting a bit different uh, now than you typically act. You usually give you the old, uh, I got a little bit of a cold going on. Well, uh, you know, I don't like to brag, Kelly. I don't like to talk. I wasn't blah, blah, blah. I wasn't playing my best stuff this weekend. Yeah, and um, all right, you know that's uh, and this this is why I'm glad we're about to have this conversation. What conversation? Because I played with you both on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, and I think you can we can both agree that you handily defeated me uh, at the at the table. Well, handily is a you know relative term. Better than seventy five percent of the games we played, you won uh, roughly. Yeah. Okay, so then we can say that's a pretty handy defeat. I think it was. Uh, it's like going to a ball game out of town and the Cardinals win three out of four. That's that's a good series. I think that's it was a handily seven to two and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, four to one. So, but here's why I'd like to bring this up. Okay. Pajeski, I'm going to need a ruling from you on this as well, but John would win a frame. A frame would be the conclusion of one series of the game that we were playing, right? Yep. And then would sit and complain about how poorly he played, and he won. And so I had to make up a rule, which did not get paid any attention to, that you were prohibited from complaining about a game that you won. Now, if you lose, oh, Kelly had a bunch of lucky shots there, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you lost. I can listen to your belly aching. But when you kick my teeth in, I literally, you know, can whistle Dixie and whistling, you know, stuff through my uh, um, lips because my teeth is gone. And you are complaining about having a bad game. That's a bad sportsman. No, it's not bad sportsmanship. I, I was missing shots. It's a bad sportsman. <clears throat> I was missing shots, and it's it's frustrating to miss shots. I was not on top, particularly on Saturday. I was Sunday was <clears throat> Sunday was <clears throat> quite a bit better, but uh, but Saturday, you know, I was missing a lot of shots. And, and do you do you, you have any idea down? why that might be aggravating to like a pal well, of yours that like you know you're complaining about a game you just beat him in saying. Look, I'm no good at this. Oh, I, I don't even know. You know, Kelly, I've no got to start playing better. This I, I is didn't just say pathetic, that. Kelly. I, and you just beat me. And that's what you're saying. Now, there aren't too many people in St. Louis 
you know, clamoring to play snooker. Can we agree on that? That's uh, yeah. A, although so, we had those two guys the other day, they were not were, happy. They were but, upset. But with it's us. not like your opportunity. It's not like you can be like, well, I'll just drop Kelly and Pajeski will pick up snooker, or you know, somebody else will pick up snooker. Not many people play it, so you think you would want to entice your pal to come along. But oh. when you when you complain about a game you won, it's just kind of a. It's kind of a poor taste. Well, you've you've always got to be in a self-evaluative mode, Michael. I think it's true in life, mm. uh, certainly true in snooker. Constantly looking and, and reviewing what you've done. Should I have said that to so-and-so? Should I have eaten that for lunch today now that I'm bloated? Uh, should I have fixed the, the technique in my shot? Uh, in my stroke, because I missed four balls that frame that were that, easily made. That's what he would do. He would beat me by 30 points and say, my technique was terrible in that game. I am, I am just not playing properly. And he won. I mean, it was just, I don't know. I, there, was a, there was about one moment there where I said, you know what, I think I'm going to leave. Hmm. Unfortunately, the Russian came and took my spot, so I got to leave. Oh. Yeah, well, he wasn't Russian. He's Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Well, yeah. he, it was he was Russian when he lived there. Uh, yeah. he was part of the right. USSR right. back in those days. Great guy. Son. Yeah, uh, we call it, him the Ukrainian Thunder. That's his. That's his snooker name. He, now, here's the other thing I've learned about Hancock. Then we've got the uh, Lion of India who joins us on occasion. Yeah, but here's the other thing I learned about Hancock is typically well, there's two things. Typically, when I go out of town, he doesn't have anybody else to play with, so he gets a little rusty. So I have a chance, typically, when we come back to pick up a game or two that I wouldn't normally win. Uh, now, he also plays exceptionally well during the professional snooker season, which is happening right now. And so, like all the other snooker losers, I mean, uh, fans, uh, they are at home watching snooker at, what, 2 o'clock in the morning you're waking no, up? No, watching no, this? no, that's only in, when they're in China. Now. Okay. But you're getting up in the morning, and I think watching snooker is making you a better snooker player. Well, I mean, it's part of it. And, of course, I did purchase the rocket method, uh, <laughs> which uh, is— Oh, that would be your class that you yes, went to. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he went to, like, hooked on phonics or learn yeah. how to speak a foreign language. Yeah, so. He got—teach me how to play snooker and paid, like, a hefty sum of money. It wasn't that hefty. I mean, they sent you a case, and all you can't share the code with me because if I watched it, you'd have to pay more. Yeah, I can't do that. See, uh, but it's Ronnie O'Sullivan, the Rocket, and it's his uh, instructional, uh, and it's been—I've found it rather helpful. Um, well, and it's—and uh, that's why you know I was having some issues with my mechanics on Saturday, and I was frustrated, Michael, because old John. I was let me just tell you, I shots. was frustrated as well. And as you know, I've decided since the beginning of the year, I'm not going to. Um, Partake in cold beverages, yeah. Uh, unless I'm out of town in Florida playing golf, right? And um, but uh, so you know, I was a little frustrated the other day and had nothing to blow off any steam. Oh, I'm on, sorry, you know. And, I'll, and I'll then, try and do better because I do. Well, I, I do endeavor to be a good sportsman. When, when you want to bellyache about your play after you beat me, mm. I think that's one you ought to just maybe swallow. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's step aside. We're going to get uh, talk to from one great sportsman to another. We're visiting with the NFL insider. Do you know this is Super Bowl week? It is. And we are going to find out on Monday. Now listen before, to that. Before the Super Bowl, the prediction of the NFL insider. Yes. Right here on Cam Watts. About to be a great night. Really good. 
one hell of a night. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX. The National Football League. Men, warriors on a field of mud, sweat, blood, turf. They meet in Las Vegas, Nevada for Super Bowl 58. The Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Football history will be made. And to join us to talk about that history being made, our NFL insider, John Hancock from Chicago, <laughs> Illinois. John, how are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing good. And I mean, if, if we're, I'm not going to talk about the Pro Bowl. I mean, that, that says it all. You, you MVP of a meaningless game. Uh, but I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you? Yeah. Great. Yeah. But, but it is of note that uh, Baker Mayfield, who I think in the past you've called the biggest fraud in the NFL, did it's, win it's, the MVP of the yeah, uh, flag the a flag football game. And as I've said, <laughs> I, I do have to give Baker some props this year. He, uh, yeah. you know, he, he did prove me wrong. I, he's never going to win a Super Bowl, but you know, he, he may no longer be the biggest fraud. I think that title goes to Trevor Lawrence down in Jack. Whoa. Whoa. Well, he needs a haircut too. Doesn't he uh, he kind of looks like that guy from uh, what was that? Ken uh, and Barbie. The no, movie? the the Ferris Bueller, not Ferris Bueller, the, Cameron? the high school show. The, uh, f- uh, Flash times at Ridgemont high. Yes. He looks like that. Spagol- oh, Spicoli. Yes. Yeah. So there, there, there was this girl when he was at Clemson, I believe she was on the volleyball team and they looked identical when they were there. <laughs> Well, maybe it was him. You know, these days that's all that's okay. Uh, All right, here here we have Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Michael, he he can't help himself. He's he's got to make it political. Well, he can't. No. Well, I mean, listen. uh, Don't forget who uh, who likes the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sure her name will come up here in a minute. Uh, That's true. Yeah. So here we are. Super Bowl. What, John? It's fifty-eight, buddy. What, what's our questions here? What well, we've got. First? I have several questions. Right, so, on. John Hancock, our NFL insider, declined uh, to pick a winner last week in his appearance, deferring to this week. And we'll go to. We'll we'll let that set, settle for just a minute. And I want to talk about these two teams, John. Uh, what's your assessment of the of the competing quarterbacks, Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes? Who's got the edge here? Yeah, so obviously Brock Purdy had a phenomenal year, but I mean, you have to be smoking something crazy if you're giving the edge of quarterback to anyone other than Patrick Mahomes. Well, there you have it. Now, how about what about the talent that these two quarterbacks have to throw to uh, and to hand the ball off to? Because it seems to me like the 49ers may have an advantage when it comes to the other offensive weapons, thinking about their receiving core uh, and their running back, Christian McCaffrey compared to what the Chiefs bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they got all pros just about everywhere you look on that offense. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, two receivers better than anything Mahomes has to work with. George Kittle, a great tight end, and I don't think he's that big of a downgrade from Kelsey. And the fact that he doesn't have to be the go-to guy on that offense lets him open up for some big explosive plays. And then we do have Christian McCaffrey, the running back, uh, MVP finalist as a running back, which you don't see too often these days. Uh, n- no no doubt the 49ers have more skill around around Brock Purdy. Going back to the championship week, uh, one of the things that caught my eye was the 49er defense, and specifically yeah. their offensive line, just didn't perform. They can't get away with that against these Chiefs. 
No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, you look at their defense, they were you know very stout in the regular season. They're given almost a touchdown more a game in the playoffs than they were in the regular season. Their defensive line is not getting any pressure, and that does spell trouble because Isaiah Pacheco, he's no slouch either with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think they're going to have a game plan that's you know kind of similar to what they did against the Ravens where Mahomes will air it out that first drive. If they get a touchdown, they'll just pound the rock, play it safe, and let Pacheco go to work. Wow. So I guess that leads us to here we are in week one. This is the first day of practice. Uh, The Chiefs have shown up at the Raiders compound. Apparently they're quite thrilled with their field. They think everything is all right. San Francisco's over at UNLV. Big controversy, John. Uh, They're saying that the surface that they're supposed to practice on is not suitable and they, in fact, could get hurt. Yeah. And I mean, we saw this last year with the Super Bowl in Arizona where the NFL didn't listen to the experts and they watered the field instead of letting it dry. And, you know, all people were getting hurt. People were slipping all over the place and UNLV. It looks like they just didn't care for that field. I put this squarely on the NFL. They should have had that thing in, in tip shape on uh, the best condition possible for the Niners. And they definitely are at a disadvantage with that. The chiefs aren't willing to reschedule their practice and I don't blame them for that. Uh, but there, I, I think this may, this may have an impact on the game. And especially if they don't know where they're where they're going to practice, do you take the flights an hour flight back to Santa Clara? Well, I'll tell you what might have an impact on the game is this poor attitude coming out of San Francisco. I mean, complaining about their practice surfaces. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta be men. There's fifty fifty four of those men on that team, forty five that suit up on Sunday, and you've got to be well. You got to be tough. You got to be able to. Get out there, Michael, and take the bull yeah, you can't be by a, the horns. You can't run your whole uh, your, your whole offense or game plan on grievance. Right. We would agree that you actually have to have a, a game plan. You just can't complain about everything. And speaking of the game plan, John, uh, <laughs> how do you size up these two coaches? I would say two of the coaches in the very upper echelon in the entire NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Two of the greatest offensive minds. I would argue Andy Reid may be the greatest coach of the 21st century after we've seen what Bill Belichick has looked like without Tom Brady and Shanahan. I mean, he's uh, he may be a little snake bit. If you remember, he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons in that Super Bowl where they blew the 28 to three lead. And ever since then, he he's been a little timid when he has a lead in, in the playoffs. We saw it in the Super Bowl a few years back. The first time the Niners played the Chiefs, they were up big in the second half. They started to play very conservatively. So I think he's a little snake bit from that game. And against these Chiefs, you cannot take your foot off the gas uh, with Patrick Mahomes on the other side. If the Niners get a lead, they don't, they don't want to try to milk a one-score game into the fourth quarter. All right, we've waited long enough. Uh, we've well, got these can two. Can I ask the most important question? Yes. Will Taylor Swift be at the game? Yeah, you haven't heard this. She's flying from Tokyo. She has a show at 36 hours and ends before kickoff. Hop on that PJ, fly across the Pacific, and uh, – She'll be there. Well, that's that's good because I think she's helpful to the Chiefs' cause. I don't think Not, she makes any difference whatsoever. Of course she doesn't, but I know she irritates so many people, therefore I like her even more. Yeah, no, I, I, unfortunately I think she does make a difference, and I, it, it's, uh, I'm going to be distraught because I have a feeling – we may have a proposal on the field if the Chiefs no, pull it off. No, we're not going to have a proposal. Oh. Now, she may say she's going to Disney World with him uh, if he becomes the NFL MVP. I'm sure Vegas is taking odds on this, aren't they? Uh, I, some of the offshore books probably are. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. I, I, I guarantee you he proposes to He's her. He's not going to propose to her. How Hoosier would that be? This is the most. He's, Travis this Kelsey. This is the biggest celebrity on yeah, the planet. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I get mean, it that he's a meathead football player, but somebody has talked to him and said, hey, listen, you don't propose to Taylor Swift at the football game. You you do that in a, a private location. Well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Now, we've waited long enough. I want to know what your prediction is. What's the line, current line in Vegas? And what does our NFL insider have to say? Who's going to win this game and by how much? Yeah, so the last time I checked, the line was at uh, San Francisco minus two, I believe. It is now, sorry, one and a half check that live update. So the line is moving in the Chiefs' direction. It seems crazy to me that the 49ers are favored in this game. The Chiefs are underdogs. They were underdogs against the Ravens last week, three and a half points. I told you a zero percent chance they lose. They won. Looking at this game, the Niners defense has been shoddy. The D line is not getting it done. You have mystery relevant at quarterback. He's shown a propensity to melt down. He showed some grit. He showed some grit uh, during these playoffs, but he's shown the propensity in the regular season to melt down. You've an unproved a coach who has never gotten the big prize going up against. Andy Reid, you have Patrick Mahomes, who's only chasing ghosts if he wins this game. He's only looking up at Brady, Elway, and Montana, and you could argue only Brady if they win this game. Everything points to the Chiefs, but do you hear that? Is that the dice? I'm rolling the dice. Give me Brock Purdy. Give me Mr. Irrelevant, the first quarterback since Tom Brady. It's only Tom Brady and Kurt Warner and Brock Purdy to win the Super Bowl their first full year starting. I'm rolling the dice on the San Francisco 49ers. I think Christian McCaffrey wins MVP honors. I think they're able to do enough to stymie Mahomes in that offense. And I, I think Brock Purdy is going to rise to the occasion. And I think the 49ers wow. win in a semi-shootout, 38-31. to 31. Wow. wow. I did not see that coming. I did not see it. Even after last week, and you oh. talked about talked up to G. I was certain. You were going to pick Kansas City. You have shocked us all, John Hancock. How fitting that the game's in Vegas, and he rolled the dice he to rolled tell the us dice. he's going to win. He went out on a limb. Yeah. He's rolled the dice. He's. We'll, we'll be back next week to see uh, how well you have done with this prediction. But uh, 49ers by a touchdown. 49ers bold. by a touchdown. It's uh, not bold. They're favored. It's their favorite. I, I only tell the truth. I've been proven correct more often than not yeah. on my time on the show. The 49ers ruin the parade. They rain on it. Brock Purdy, Shanahan, book it. Wow. Well, we're going to capture that audio for sure, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have yourself a good week, and enjoy Super Bowl 58. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. That's our NFL insider, John Hancock, joining us from Chicago, Illinois. When we come back, our regular feature here on Hancock and Kelly Late Night, it's going to be What's Trending with Braxton Payne. He joins us next right here on KMOX. Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference, on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Ah, yes, every week at this time, we usually visit with our, uh, well, our guy, Braxton Payne. He is the king of pain. Last week, he was kind enough to come in and sit in for me while I was under the weather. Braxton, uh, good to have you in last week. You did a fabulous job, pal. Under the weather. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Do you uh, do you remember last week? I heard you had a stellar uh, performance with Hancock. He was he was quite good. 
You know, it's it's quite fun uh, hanging out with John. You know, two different generations, but we get along like we're just, you know, brothers three years apart. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, did he give you some of his classic jokes, you know, the dad jokes that you could take and use on uh, your your little one? Yeah, well, the over-under for uh, that was about five and a half, and he actually hit the under in two See hours there? of programming. See there? So. Impressive. Well, yeah. Michael asked if we remembered his appearance last week. I guarantee you we're the only two that do. It was something else. It was, and I appreciate you being in Yeah, here, I did too. Very, very, very fun uh, to have Braxton oh. with us last week. Now, I want to know what is trending. Well, at what? I wanted to ask him oh. I, before oh, we ahead. found out All what's right. trending. People right. know he's a volleyball uh, coach. And oh, I'm that, just curious he was in Milwaukee. To, yes, you were just in Milwaukee. and How'd they do? Uh, how'd the team do? Uh, we went one and two on the weekend, Not bad. Uh, but it was a, it was a pretty good weekend. We were there for two days. Uh, we got the tour of the Milwaukee Bucks arena arena, which is the Fizey forum up there, which is decently new. Got to go in the Bucks locker room and, and the market Marquette, uh, the men's team also plays there and we got to go in their locker room. Uh, met our nice tour guide named Bill today. He's driving through St. Louis in a couple months and I'm going to take him to a Cardinal game. So oh, it was a good nice. little Jackson makes there. friends with people when he goes out of town. Hey, that downtown uh, Milwaukee's not a bad little town either, At man. All. It's uh, like a little, uh, it's like a miniature downtown St. Louis, but there's a lot of activity and stuff going on there, right? Yeah, Milwaukee's great. So their main street is River Street, um, which has you know a good mix of of what I would consider college bars and sports bars. Um, they also have their own uh, version of you know a ballpark village per se across the street from the Bucks Arena or the Fizey Forum. Uh, but there's a lot to do there. Um, it was it was a really good time. We went to a nice little brewery uh, called the Pilot Project, which is there's one in Chicago as well. I highly recommend visiting there. Um, the food was great. It was a huge venue, um, but it was definitely Milwaukee is one of my favorite cities, in the, especially in the Midwest to visit. Really, no matter the, it was a great weather this last weekend. It was about 45 degrees. So in February, that's great. But they have some great stuff to do during the summer, including Summerfest up there, which is nice. something that's been on my bucket list. Awesome. So uh, here we are. Uh, it's Super Bowl week. Uh, lots trending uh, that uh, we can maybe get into. So what's trending? Yeah, so we'll go ahead and uh, start with the uh, the Grammys were last night. I'm sure you guys oh, yeah. watched intently. I did. I did. Uh, but it was one John of the best. John had a family Grammys. text thread going around the, the, the Grammys. Yeah. So the Grammys uh, last night, you know, these award shows, they've been, uh, you know, going down in viewership over the past probably decade or so. But this, you know, the Emmys this year uh, had a resurgence in viewership, and so did the Grammys. Uh, Some of the big winners there, uh, as you know, as you probably saw, it hit the Internet like a firestorm as Taylor Swift won album of the year for her album Midnight's. And during her uh, acceptance speech, she announced that she's coming out with a new album on April 19th, which uh, I don't know if you guys use social media often, but it was my entire social media feed from the time she announced it until this morning. And I looked three minutes after she announced it on Instagram, she had over 600,000 likes in three minutes. And then uh, one minute later, she had over 2.5 million likes in just one in just four minutes after posting she, the album. Wow, that's more than I get for po- uh, posting about snooker. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. She, she's just, I mean, she is a modern-day Michael Jackson in, in the terms of 
the greatness of her celebrity. I'm not talking about him as an individual, but just her worldwide impact and recognition. It's really unbelievable. Yeah, and it's one of the things too. I mean, just think. I mean, just having that. I mean, that's you know, five hundred thousand, you know, likes almost every second she was getting uh, from across the world. And I mean, she she's something truly special as an artist. But what she's been able to do and, and grow her brand has been definitely unique. Yeah, she looked good too last night. She was dressed in a like a a pretty cool ball gown and stuff and. Uh, you know, the Grammys are one of my favorite award show, Braxton, because they actually are doing what they're there for. So there's mm-hmm. lots of music. There's lots of singing collaborations. You know, you go to the Oscars, it's boring, right? They they, they yeah. do all the nonsense, and then it's hurry, hurry, hurry. But with the Grammys, they're, they're singing. I was taken with the, very early on the duet between Tracy Chapman and oh, yeah. what's his name? Holmes. Luke Holmes. Yeah, and, he, and you know, he, what's his name, had taken a lot of criticism out there for yeah. recording that song. And, you know, it got pretty nasty in some quarters. And the fact that uh, she agreed to come out and perform a duet with him, he paid great homage to her yeah. and to that composition. And then it was just beautiful. It was lovely. That was, yeah. a, that was a, one of the high, high points for me. Yeah, and one of the criticisms that he got early on when he started singing, he, he was singing the song at concerts. Uh, and then he then he recorded it, and it was you know there was no duet, no credit for Tracy Chapman, uh, but obviously she endorsed it yeah, last night, and her song went to number one on the charts for the first time ever after that performance. And she looked fabulous last night, man. She, uh, with the exception of some gray hair, she looked like she was the same age she was. When uh, the... I thought it was Carol Daniel up there singing. <laughs> yeah, it was impressive stuff. And uh, I suggest you guys look up uh, Tracy Chapman when she performed it at Wembley. If you've never seen it, uh, it was I've I've seen it a couple times. Pull up on my social media today, and I watched it, and it was something really really cool when she performed it at Wembley. I believe in either 1999 or 1989, whenever that first song first came out. Wow, wow! What do you think of so Trevor the other, Noah, the host? Trevor Noah was I thought he was pretty good. And, and speaking of, Who you know, is Michael, he? you mentioned I've that never theory. heard of the guy. Well, Trevor Noah is one of the biggest comedians. He's the host of the uh, the Daily Show, or yes. was the host of the Daily Show after John Stewart left, um, and he loves doing it. He's done it. I think this is maybe his third year in a row. Uh, but what makes the Grammys great, Michael, as you mentioned, is is the performances. Uh-huh. Uh But one of the things that the Grammys does different, uh, especially in the modern era, is they have a pre Emmys. So before even the red carpet. A lot of these artists already have their Grammys in hand. Nice. Uh, and so that they are able to do the red carpet and then they're able to have the performances for the couple big awards, uh, the ones that people, you know, are most familiar with. Nice. Nice. I didn't realize they did that. So a lot of those folks wound up having their Grammys so then they can put more time in the show and the performances. That's great. The thing that I thought was interesting about Trevor Noah is he took the positive approach. Like he didn't take uh, license to – utilize it as a, a food fight like you know some comedians right. typically do at the oscars and stuff it, it it wasn't as exciting to me but i also appreciated what he was trying i thought it was okay yeah and he was on uh cbs morning uh with gail king the day before on that friday before the show and he was talking about how the grammys for a comedian is probably the easiest because it has the least amount of scrutiny because people are really there to watch the performances. They're not there for the monologue or the, the speeches. Right. Uh, so you go, he said that that was probably the least amount of scrutiny that you're going to get. 
Um, the, the other two things I wanted to mention about the Grammys, which are a little, I thought it was interesting. The best comedy album went to Dave Chappelle, yeah. uh, which is a, a decently new category. Uh, well-deserved, I believe. And then Michelle Obama won her second Grammy uh, for best audiobook narration and storytelling record, uh. which I did not know she already had a Grammy. Is it, it good for her, right? But I think most of those, uh, it, I think when you're a big time celebrity and you come out with a book and you read it, uh, you, you got a pretty good chance of winning it, the bigger the celebrity you are, don't you think? I would agree. And I mean, Barack Obama, I believe, has, a, has an Emmy and a Grammy as well. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, these these people, they, I mean, you also get multi-million dollar contracts to promote what you're doing. Uh, so I think that obviously makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So what was your uh, assessment of the Billy Joel new first composition? And what did they say, 30, 30 years? years. Uh, what was your takeaway there, Brax? So I figure Billy Joel is one of those people that just fascinates me because he can be gone for 30 years. And obviously you have the big news of Taylor Swift that dominated the night. And then Tracy Chapman probably right there. But Billy Joel uh, was, I mean, for my generation, He's well-respected, and I, I mean, he's touring. He does all those things, but he continues to reinvent himself, even though he doesn't really put out new music that often. Uh, and it's hard. As, as you get older, your vocals change, uh, your range changes, but he's been continued to be able you know, be a staple in American society, songwriting, but also you know, his voice. Well, he had said years ago that he was done writing. Uh, you know, he affirmatively said that I've written my last piece of music. And uh, and he came out with this thing, and uh, wow, gorgeous piece of music. Yeah, you uh, have taken to it. Now, you're, you're like a, a recent convert to Billy Joel. No, not? not really. I've liked him. I've have liked you? him, yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm not a huge, huge Billy Joel fan, but I've always respected him. He's a very talented. Of all of the, of all of the rock and roll pianists, uh, I think he's probably the best. I think he's better than Elton John. Um Jerry Lewis, or what was it? Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. I mean, back yeah. in the day, uh, you know, it's, he's better than Michael McDonald. I mean, he's as a just a pure piano player. Right. He's very gifted, I think. Yeah. Uh, what is it about him and Elton John with those little stubby fingers? Like, you would think that a piano player would have very long, thin, graceful fingers, but two of those, those two guys are just got little stomps. Yeah, they get her done. Yeah. Uh, some of the best pianists I've known are, have had smaller hands, too. Yeah. What it's about you? A, You've got pretty long fingers. I there. do. You, I yeah. can reach, uh, on a good day, 11 notes. 11 notes? 11 notes on wow. a piano. Yeah. Is that, what What would a typical thing be? Like eight? Well, an octave is eight. Uh-huh. Uh, for some music, you, you need to be able to comfortably do ten. Rex, you play an instrument? Uh, I played the trombone for one year in eighth grade, and that was but nothing you, uh, that anybody it, wanted to you, hear. You've obviously let it slide. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Well, All right, that, there's that, one. That, there's one. one in the segment. That's one. We ought to be getting another one here. Uh, in a tell couple. me again about this food you're ordering for Super Bowl, Braxton. I'm I'm very intrigued. Oh yes, so uh, Press. It's a newer restaurant. Press, it's, it's been open under a year. It's on Jefferson and Gravois in, in the city of St. Louis. And I'm getting a pan of, of lasagna. Yeah, listen to this. Uh, picked up and then you heat it up yourself. Yes. But it's going to be nicely made. A couple layers there with scoops of ricotta cheese and uh, some fresh grated cheese fresh and grated. Italian sausage Italian and sausage. some ground ground beef in there ground as well. beef into the lasagna now the game doesn't start till like five or six o'clock when will you start eating your food because i usually do mine around like three 
Yeah, so since I think it's just going to be me and my wife, I think we're just going whenever we get hungry. So yeah. if it's if it's four o'clock and we're hungry, we'll eat. If it's five o'clock and we're hungry, we'll eat. This will be Gia's first Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, probably sure she won't thrilled. remember it, but uh, but that's a that's a big event. Yeah, well, she has her little uh, little Chiefs Taylor Swift uh, outfit that she'll be wearing uh, on Sunday. Uh, per her mother's request, so she will be wearing that on Sunday, like she's been doing the entire playoffs. It's brought brought the Chiefs some good luck. I'll, we'll we'll take the credit for that one. All right, we're about to let you go, but before we do, we're asking everybody to make a Super Bowl prediction. Uh, I believe it's going to be the Chiefs by ten points. Oh my goodness! Well, we've got a controversy oh, here. Our NFL yeah. insider went with the Forty uh, ers by seven. By seven. So we've got a 17-point disparity. Well, we'll be able to settle this once and for all next Monday night. Braxton Payne, thanks so much for joining us. He is our What's Trending King of Pain here, and he's also Michael Kelly's permanent replacement on the (laughs) rare occasion when Michael Kelly is out of town. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. We'll be back after this. Talking about Michael's socks. Mighty Mocks. So on Thursday of last week, yeah. uh, you and I presented at a uh, Missouri Athletic Club yes. an event with uh, former Senators Claire McCaskill, Roy Blunt. It was a and, lovely uh, It was a nice evening. Uh, so I had to get dressed up. Mm-hmm. And when I was getting dressed up, I hadn't put my suit on in a long time because on television, you know, I wear shorts because nobody can see what we're wearing underneath there. Hmm. And, uh, you know, when so I had to wear a suit. And so uh, that meant I needed to put shoes on. When with shoes, I needed nicer shoes, and I you needed were wearing to have, tennis shoes, right? But they were nice tennis shoes. Oh. But I was I needed a pair of socks, and so I went into my sock drawer. And I don't know about you guys, but I got I got uh, the problem uh, the the socks missing its mate. You know, oh, or, lots of that going on. Or you know the the one that I think is blue. I'm holding up to the other one that oh, maybe it's black, and you, I can't figure it out. So you know what I did this weekend? What's that? I made the uh, I made the executive decision. I went into my sock drawer. I went and took every sock I had, every sock, put it into a bag. Yeah. And I took it down to uh, Goodwill and I donated all my socks. To you Goodwill. gave away your socks. I then proceeded to go to a, a local establishment, mm-hmm. and I purchased a bunch of white socks. Bought some socks so that I had white socks. Yeah. I purchased two pairs of blue socks. Yeah. And two pairs of black socks. And I'm done. I'm not getting any more fancy socks anymore. When people buy you socks with, like, I had socks that were said chick magnet on them or, you know, rainbows or whatever was on my socks. I'm done with it. I, I literally would just go to only white socks if I could go. I was so frustrated that night trying to find socks. Do you have this issue? Uh, no. Oh, does George Ann do your laundry for you? So no, therefore... I do my laundry. Thank so you very you, much. You, you never are missing socks. Uh, you don't I, have a sock goblin. Not since I've started doing the laundry. Oh. Because what I do, buddy, hmm. uh, when I take the socks off at night going to bed, yeah. I make sure they're right side out because I don't want to be uh, I don't want to be putting them right side out after they come out of the dryer. I want them to be ready to mate okay. as soon as they come out of the dryer. Okay. And... Uh, so they're all in my little laundry basket there, two by two. It's like Noah's Ark in there. Oh, you you, and, you put a little safety pin together? No, no, no. The socks are in there, and then you put them in the washer. You put them in the dryer. I have never lost a sock in that using this method. Ever. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I'm a single person. I'm the only person in my house. 
I have no idea where these doggone socks go. Because you're not you're not housing them together. So that's why I just went and got white socks and blue socks, mm-hmm. and they they're they're that's the only colors. If if I'm missing one, I'll throw one away. Uh, but I don't have to go around saying, "Is this one blue? Is that one blue? You know, is this one match that one?" I'm done with it. I'm fed up with it. Well, you've solved that problem. Yeah. Well, uh, don't don't you have that frustration? I guess not. No, I love socks, but I've got my socks. I got this one set of socks that mm-hmm. they tell you which one to put on your left foot, yeah, and which one to put on your right foot. They got a little L and a little R on them. You need to put a sock. And in them. Uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's it's wonderful the way that works. Yeah, the, and you, you need them to tell you which one's L and which one's R. Yes, oh, because they're made. They're different socks. The ones for your left foot. I'm and ones the for weirdo your... because I want to have socks. You need instructions now, on I how got to put a lot socks of holes on. My my socks get a lot of holes. In them. That's a different. Sentence. Well, that's because you're a religious fella. Uh, they're very holy. Hancock side. and Kelly, late night. Maria Kina joins us. The news right here, Game of X.